try that again. Good morning. <laughs> hey, I appreciate you who did the cooking today for those burritos. I think that was wonderful. I'm not on? Now am I on? Testing. My battery's dead. No? Technical difficulties. appreciating the room so far. It's a little bit better than last time. So uh, <clears throat> we're uh, working at that. So and that pile of things right over there are uh, panel sound panels that go up on top all the way around. And so that's coming up soon. Obviously the floor needs to be taken care of, but uh, this is awesome and we appreciate it very much. A uh, preacher moved into a new city. <clears throat> and he was going around visiting his uh, people in the church. And he knocked on this one door. It's obvious somebody was there. And he kept knocking, kept knocking, but nobody came. So he took his little invite out. And he, and he wrote uh, uh, Revelation 3.20. And stuck it in the door. Well, the following Sunday, the, uh, uh, the treasurer brought to the preacher the, a card. And it had to be his card. With Revelation 3.20 on one side, but on, said on the other side, uh, on Genesis 3.10. So he got a Bible out, and he said, well, what does this mean? Well, the Revelation 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Genesis 3.10 reads, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid for that was naked. <laughs> that had nothing to do with this sermon, but anyway. Acts chapter 19, we're going to be talking about today. This is uh, the third part of Paul's uh, third journey he took, missionary journey. And the Bible says there in Ephesians chapter, uh, Acts chapter 19, he came to some, the upper country and to Ephesus, and he found some disciples there, and uh, 12 of them for a fact, and, and they were all followers of John the Baptist. Man, this is weird looking all the way around. Let's get used to this, but that's okay. And uh, there were 12 of them. They were, John the Baptist's disciples, and, and, uh, and Paul asked him, have you received the Holy Spirit? Since you believed? And, and they said, well, we don't know what you're talking about. So again, Paul told them the, the rest of the truth, and, and they're all rebaptized, every one of them, in the name of Jesus Christ, the first part of Acts chapter 19 talks about. Well, what, what can I say about that? Well, it's not shameful. Nothing wrong with being baptized a second time. Nothing wrong with that at all. In fact, it's a, a good thing if you learn more about what the Bible teaches about baptism. 
Please consider that. Then he started to preach in his normal place, the Jewish synagogue. Some there rebelled at the preaching. Then he took some of the disciples and taught them for two years. All who were in that whole province heard the word of God that, in those two years. God did miracles with, through Paul. Handkerchiefs and aprons that touched Paul were taken to the sick and the demon possessed. And all of them were healed. Can you imagine that? Taking my handkerchief. Heal somebody with that's what's going on. There was nothing wrong with Caslin. And then I like this story. This is all in Acts chapter 19. There had to be a, a high priest by the name of Skiba. He had seven sons. This is cool. Uh, they tried to cast out a demon. And the demon said, Jesus I know, and I know about Paul, but who are you? And the Bible says this demon-possessed man jumped on all seven of these guys and beat them to a snot, man. Just, they went away, beat every one of them, one to seven. Well, everybody heard about this. And this we're going to start reading in Acts chapter 19, verse 17. Let me get there. Let me start reading there. <clears throat> this became known to all, both Jews and Greeks, who lived in Ephesus. And fear fell upon all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was being magnified. Many also who were believed kept coming, confessing, and disclosing their practices. And many of those who practiced magic brought their books together and began burning them in the sight of everyone. And they counted at the price of them found to be 50,000 pieces of silver. So the word of the Lord was growing mightily and prevailing. Now that passage has four things. Actually three things we need to do. And the final thing is the result. We're talking about that right now. Please, let's look to God in a word of prayer. Father, thank you for being so good to us. Even this day. How many blessings you give us and take for granted. Thank you for each one in this room today. Open our hearts, our minds to what your word says. And have a great desire to obey. I pray in Christ's name. Amen. I'm entitled this sermon, How God Moves People. Three things. How God moves people. God moves people when verse 17 says they, it was held in high honor. What was held in high honor? Well, the name of Jesus Christ. And these came in the years of those Jews and Greeks who were living in Ephesus. Fear came upon all the, them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was, being, was made great. Another translation, another translation says magnified. The name of Jesus magnified. Why? Well, Acts 4.12 says this, Salvation is found in no one, no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given by men by which we must be saved. And another translation says, only Jesus has the power to save. His name is the only one in all the world that can save anyone. The name of Jesus. 1 John 2.12 
I write to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. And then the translation says, I am writing to you, my children, because you have forgiveness of sins through his name. It is by the name of Jesus that anyone gets to heaven. Right? It's not by the name of Buddha or Muhammad. It's not that at all. It's not by the name of Joseph Smith. It's not by the name of Mary. In eternity, there will be no greater name than this one, Jesus Christ. But even now, before eternity starts, the name of Jesus, of our Lord, has won men's our broken hearts and heals hurt feelings. How do we treat that name? Is it a sacred thing to you? Or is it just a nice thing to say at the end of our prayers, in Jesus' name, amen? Some say they love Jesus, but what do we see from day to day? They don't live like it. In private, when it's just you and whatever you allow to be in your mind, what are the thoughts that you may meditate on? How has the name of Jesus made a difference in your life? If he has at all, it should have. Some use the name of Jesus as a swear word. They think nothing of, at all of using his name in vain. Surely this is not holding in high honor the name of Jesus. You know, Deuteronomy chapter 5 verse 11 says this. About the name of God. You shall not take the name of the Lord God in vain. For the Lord will not leave him unpunished who takes his name in vain. Another translation do not misuse my name, God says. I am the Lord your God. I won't punish anyone who misuses my name. Friend, by the very lives we live, we either bring honor to the name of Christ or we blaspheme his name. I got to read this. It's entitled Bad Driver. Here it is. A man was being tailgated by a stressed out woman on a busy street. Suddenly the light turned yellow just in front of him. He did the right thing. He stepped on the gas. No, he didn't. He stopped at the crosswalk. Even though he could have beaten the red light by accelerating through the intersection. The tailgating woman was furious. She honked her horn. She screamed in frustration. As she, as she missed her chance to get through the intersection. Dropping her cell phone. Imagine that. As she was still a mid-rant, she heard a tap on her window. And she saw the face of a very serious police officer. The officer ordered her to exit the car, her hands up. He took her to the police station where she was searched, fingerprinted, photographed, and placed in a holding cell. After a couple of hours, the policeman approached the cell and opened the door. She was escorted back to the booking desk and the arresting officer was waiting with her personal effects. He said, I'm very sorry for this mistake. You see, 
I pulled up behind your car while you were blowing your horn, flipping off this guy in front of you, and cursing worse than a drill sergeant at him. I noticed that the what would Jesus do bumper sticker and choose life license plates holder and follow me to Sunday school bumper sticker and a chrome-plated Christian fish emblem on the trunk. Naturally, I assumed you stole the car. <laughs> How we live. Bring honor to Jesus or we bless by his name. People ought to be saying, listen to me now. People around us ought to be saying, you're a Christian, aren't you? Yeah, I can, I can tell you're a Christian by just the way you act, the way you talk, the way you think. That's what it ought to be. Not like the bad driver. There's a book called In Penguins and Golden Calves. Madeline L. Engel tells a true story about a, friend, a family who had a two-and-a-half-year-old daughter, and they were expecting another baby. They did all, the mom and dad did all they could to, to soften the displacement she might feel. You know, they get jealous. They turn, and then the baby is born and encouraged the daughter to hold and change the baby. Everything was fine until they tried to put the daughter to bed. She says, rather frantically, I want to see the baby. Well, of course, darling, we'll take you to see the baby. No, said the two-and-a-half-year-old. No, I want to go by myself. Mom said, no, Mommy and Daddy will go with you. No, I want to see baby alone. She was very distraught at this time. Finally, they let her go. She bends over the cradle and says to the baby, Tell me about God. I'm forgetting. A name held in high honor, our Lord Jesus Christ. Remember one thing those people in Ephesus did, and the word of God took off and grew and was spread all over. They upheld the name of Jesus, held in high honor. Number two, now this gets a little deeper to us, with us. They openly confess, verse 18. Many of her followers now started telling everyone about the evil things they had been doing. They publicly said to all, I have sinned. They didn't stop there, but they named their evil deeds. Man, how many of us have done that? You know, I hear a lot of, well, I, I'm a sinner. I didn't repent of my, I'm not reading my Bible, and I'm not praying. But what about confessing our private sins? Grief. I want more, nicer, better. I want to go here than there. I'll even consider taking on another job and take me away from the church on Sunday, take me away from my children and my wife to make more money. I want us to look at Colossians 3, verse 5. Colossians 3, verse 5 says it this way. Don't be controlled by your body. Kill every desire for the wrong kind of sex. Don't be immoral or indecent or have evil thoughts. Don't be greedy. 
which is the same as worshiping idols. Well, a couple of things mentioned there. Don't let our body be controlled by these desires. You know, I, don't like to, I don't like to talk about it, but I've got to. Sexual immorality. Because of the internet, I'm confident there might even be some here who are, who watch porn. Very easy to obtain. We don't have to be, <clears throat> why don't we have this being confessed? Why not? I'm too ashamed. And besides, it's not that bad because everybody's doing it. No, they're not. Could be this. I have a grudge against somebody. Right here in this room. Or anywhere else. I don't want to confess that because it's making me a sinner. I look down on people who look down on me. Well, why not see the hideous sin that it is and confess it? How am I going to do this? You mean, you want me to get up and tell everything I've ever done? Right here, in the middle of all of us? Oh, there's a way to do this. James 5, verse 16. If you have sinned, you should tell each other what you have done. Then you can pray for one another and be healed. Pray for one another and be healed. Friend, we just need to pick out somebody we trust. Somebody we know loves us, cares about us. And say, hey, would you come alongside with me? I, I need to talk to you about something. Really been bothering me. Don did this the other day. Took me back over that corner the other day and said, I've got to talk to you. All right. That's what, not, it doesn't have to be me. No. We just need to confess it and pray so we can be healed. God moves people when sins are openly confessed. Number three. Notice what the people in Ephesians did in the city of Ephesus. They, they, they burned their scrolls and their books. What, what are we talking about? Well, God moves people when there's proof of their repentance. Those people had utter disgust for the things that are written in those books. They're all wrong and sinful. And now they know the truth. Matthew chapter 3, verse 7. Listen to this. Many Pharisees and Sadducees also came to be baptized. But John said to them, You bunch of snakes. Who warned you to run from the coming judgment? Do something to show that you have really given up your sins. May I illustrate? I worked with my grandparents on the farm in Douglas, Wyoming. Uh, in the summertime, <clears throat> and, and 35 miles, 40 miles out from Douglas, Wyoming. I mean, we're out by ourselves. You cross the Platte River on that road, and there's nothing else out there, but you know how desolate Wyoming is. 
eastern Wyoming. Just nothing there. Well, <clears throat> so my grandpa, uh, we had devotions every morning, went to church every Sunday, uh, we prayed all the time. My grandpa decided, okay, he, he said, I, I think Grandma deserves something a little more. All she had was a record player. And it didn't have a radio. I, I don't think the single even reached out there that time. This is years ago. Anyway, uh, I had to, though, but I don't know why we didn't have it. But anyway, um, Grandpa said, okay, I'm not going to town. I'm going to buy a TV. Back then, it was black and white. But boy, that was fabulous stuff. I mean... So he brought her home, set it up after work that day. We sat down and watched, I suppose, maybe half an hour. I don't even know the time. I can tell Grandpa was getting a little upset. He did not like what he was watching. So the program was over. He got up, went over, unplugged the TV. Picked it up, took it out to the shop, set it on the counter, took a ball bean hammer, and went to work. Destroyed that TV. Now, that's repentance. <laughs> to him it was. But what I'm talking about here is proof of repentance. The call to repentance didn't end with John the Baptist or with Peter. It continues with us today. I'm going to read this story. I'm just going to read the words. Please don't get offended. All right? There's been a friendship between the former head of the NAACP and the imperial wizard of the Ku Klux Klan. They met debating each other many years ago. The Klansmen taunted the black man and called him names. The black man responded that nothing the Klansman could do to make him hate him. He responded instead with love. Over a period of many years, the Klansman would call the black man and say, Hello, nigger. Now, don't shoot me, please. But in 1991, the Klansman called and said, Hello, brother. He went on to tell his friend that he had left the clan, had accepted Christ, became a Christian, been baptized into Christ for forgiveness of their sins, was called to preach the gospel, and that his conversion was due to the example of a black man returning hatred with love. Today, this is cool. Today, that black man and that white man, the clansman, are preaching from the same pulpit. That's repentance. Can you show, prove your repentance? Yeah, I've forgiven them. Yes, I have. I've forgiven them. Well, let me ask you a question. You ever call them? You ever talk to them again? If you've really forgiven that person that you've had a grudge against, then uh, have you touched them lately? Proof of repentance. 
God moves when proof of repentance is evident. The fourth thing we're going to talk about today is what happens when people hold God's name in high honor. Number two, there's repentance. Named out. Said, spoken out. And prayer about that. And three, proof of that repentance. What happens when people do that? Here's what happens. When God's people hold the name of Jesus in high honor, openly confess sin, burn their books of proof of repentance, <coughs> this is what happens. Every honest sinner yearns to be shown something that is real in religion. Others can see the change in us. They will want it also. Why are you so happy all the time? Hey, you want to have fun at work. Doing any kind of work. There is a gentleman in our in this audience today that you have to work with. Don Paul. If you want to have fun working, ask him to come with you. Because he'll have you laughing in no time. It's thoroughly a joy to work with him. He helps set up and turn down here in the building. And we're always laughing. Why are you so happy? Well, I know why. He holds God's name in honor. Repent of his sins. There's proof of it. How come you're never worried? How come your children are so well behaved? How can you be so optimistic and positive? How can you can be so calm? Why is that? You won't even argue with me anymore. What's wrong? Come on now. Can't even have any fun arguing with you anymore. There's a difference taking place. God's Spirit works on the inside. Why are you so calm? Hopeless sinners are crying out for someone to lead that has a purpose and a reason to live, not just enduring life. The word of God spreads, and with power, when you and I, and Christians, live like it. When people leave our presence, what do they say about us? I won't be back. You're just like all the rest of the hypocrite churchgoers. Or, I'd like to come back tomorrow. I like what I heard and saw. Can you carry an invite with you to church all the time and not be embarrassed? There's got to be some kind of genuineness in this person. And real caring that draws people. They live what they talk. They're concerned about me for no reason. Lloyd was approached the other day. The gentleman brought him in and sat down and said, Hey, uh, uh, why are you doing all this? I want to hear what's going on. Tell me your motive for doing all this work. And Lloyd's answer was something to the fact of this is who we are. We want to serve. 
The word spread with power. The name of Jesus being held high honor, openly confessed their sins, proved their repentance by burning their books, and the word spread with power. There's a little boy visiting grandparents on the farm. And he was given a slingshot to play with out in the woods. He practiced drawing back and shooting. He got kind of discouraged because he never hit the target. Never did, not one time. Always missing. I'm, I'm, I'm done. So he walking back to the house. He saw Grandma's pet duck. Just out of impulse, you know what happened. He let fly, hit the duck square in the head, and killed it. He was shocked and grieved. He couldn't believe it. In panic, he hit the dead duck in the woodpile, <coughs> only to see his sister, Sally, watching. Sally had seen it all, but she said nothing. After lunch that day, Grandma said, Sally, let's wash the dishes. But Sally said, Grandma, Johnny told me he wanted to help the kitchen today, didn't you, Johnny? And she whispered to him, remember the duck. So Johnny did the dishes. Later, Grandpa asked him if the children want to go fishing. Grandma said, I'm sorry, but I need Sally to help make supper. Sally smiled and said, well, that's all right, because Johnny told me he wanted to help. And she whispered again, remember the duck. Sally went fishing in Johnny's state. After several days, Johnny doing both his chores and Sally's, he finally couldn't take it any longer. He came to Grandma and confessed the whole thing. I killed that duck, Grandma. She knelt down, gave him a hug, and said, sweetheart, I know. You see, I was standing at the window. I saw the whole thing. But because I love you, I forgive you. But I'm just wondering how long would, would you would let Sally make a slave of you? Jesus Christ is standing at the window, and he saw the whole thing. And because he loves you, He'll forgive us, you and me, if we but ask. Friend, is it time for God to move you? How long will you be a slave to the devil? Why not be forgiven, set free? That's my invitation today. Time that God move you. But if you've got a sin to confess, let's do that. Let's show signs of real repentance today. Let's hold high the name of Christ and honor Him. And the Word of God will grow and flourish in people's hearts. I don't know where you are today. I don't know what's going on in your life. But please, man, I encourage you. Make a decision right now, right here, today. I'm going to honor the name of God. I'm going to seek out somebody and talk to them about my sin so we can pray about it and get healed. And I, I, there's going to be some, 
So I'm going to show that I've repented. I'm going to burn all this stuff. I'm going to get rid of I'm stuck to all that. I'm going to live for him. Thank you for listening today. Pray something I've said. Can bless you and help you in this work of life. Thank you for being here today. This has been awesome. It has. You know, I think like little uh, little Johnny who shot the duck with the uh, slingshot, I think a lot of times we spend a great deal of our lives enslaved to sin and bogged down with it and filled with guilt. It's silly to live that way. It's silly to live a life of slavery uh, when we could be free from all that. Let's work on that today. Let's, uh, let's change from the inside. And make God more more a part of our lives. Um, just a few announcements. Uh, next Sunday is. Uh,